Uh, blanked out there. Well, Ooh. yeah. Uh, Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 90 of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life, my foe in fantasy, and my fan- fellow analyst, Nathan McDonald. Ooh, made it through it flawlessly there. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hilt that shit. And yes, it is fresh off of week five, rolling into week six, and we are here for our weekly report. And we will start, as always, with some injuries and some news. Um, and Nate, I'll let you lead us off with that. There's a couple of big ones this week. Yeah, we should mention we're we're recording this a day later than usual, so we have some a little more up to date. Uh injury news information so we'll try to get that to you uh no new updates unfortunately for rashad penny he is done for the season with the broken fibula i believe uh, ankle injury so uh yeah that's his season done which sucks because like he really was looking awesome and was playing very very well um but now you know the keys get handed over to ken walker uh baker mayfield is likely out for several weeks with an ankle sprain uh teddy and tua will both be out for the dolphins so they will be starting undrafted free agent skylar thompson uh damian harris is out with a hamstring injury uh james connor is questionable with a rib as is daryl uh, williams doubtful with a, a knee injury so um, we'll get into the repercussions of that later um tyreek hill had a foot injury was seen in a boot after the game but he's back to uh, practice on wednesday so that's good news for uh, him uh, t higgins has an ankle injury and absolutely just destroyed so many fantasy owners this last week. Um, yeah, don't just Zach Taylor. Don't do that again. If he's not going to play, if he's only going to get like 10 percent snaps or whatever and oh no, get no targets, just don't put him out there. Uh, anyway, Chris Olave has a concussion, uh, caught a touchdown with a concussion. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on him. He may miss this week. Pat Fryermuth has another concussion and will likely be out. Uh, I believe that's two for him this year, three in the last two years. So yeah, hopefully he can slow down on that. Not, not good. Um, and Jahan Dodson is going to be out again this week. So that's about it for what I have for injuries. Yep. Yep. I just, for the first time in my life, Traded for a share of Rashad Penny. Not, not even kidding, like 15 minutes before the game started. Traded Kareem Hunt and Adam Thielen for him and Deontay Johnson. Still happy I got Deontay, but man, I just got completely boned and I should have known better. Uh, I've I've always been scared of Rashad Penny, but of course he was RB1 last week, so it just fucking enticed me. But Look, uh, You know, some people say you can't predict injuries. Uh, I, I disagree. Uh, Rashad Penny is a pretty, he's pretty solid, pretty predictor. predictable. Yeah, yeah he was. At last at the end of last season, he kind of surprised us all and had a nice little stretch there. So maybe yeah. there was starting to be some hope he could get over the hump. But it is, it's really unfortunate. But yeah, um, another piece of news, just uh, you know, it's fantasy relevant. Uh, Devonte Adams, after a huge game that he they barely lost, uh, pushed over a photographer of some sort videographer. And it looks like he could be facing suspension. Uh, probably I would imagine it would only be a week or two at the most, but he's on by this week. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on, but, uh, unfortunate, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't, you know, get suspended. He can maybe pay a fine or, or something. We'll see how that's addressed, but 
Uh, if he's a if he was a quarterback, they let him play. They they'll, they'll do anything for them quarterbacks. I just yeah. want to talk real quick about two of the worst roughing the passer calls I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the NFL needs to do something about this because, like, I know it's good for fantasy that the quarterbacks get all this, but it's just not fun to watch. So fuck all that nonsense. Let them play, especially if they've ripped the ball out before they go to the ground. Chris Jones made an awesome play and he got robbed. So, uh, yeah, sucks for Chiefs fans, but, hey, they, they won the game anyway. Yeah, both plays were, I mean, especially in the Atlanta um, Bucks game. And in a way, I appreciate the reps for helping us tank. But at the same time, uh, you know, that kind of, I won't say it cost us the game because we still would have had work to do uh, to go go down and drive another another drive. But at the same time, it cost us the opportunity to tie the game up. So it's just it, when it changes, when it's that effective on the game, there should be some kind of review process. But we digress. It's, you know, that's a, that's a conversation, probably not for fantasy analysts, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it is. It's incredibly relevant. I'm sick. Either give them flags or let them play. I'm sick of this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, let's go ahead and get into these waiver wires. And this week, I won't say it's super deep, but there's some really like interesting and a couple of complete, you know, blow out of the water pieces if they're there. Uh, so we'll start at quarterback. The only name I have on the list here is PJ Walker. Um, yeah, Baker Mayfield's going to be out. PJ Walker has actually came in and done pretty well, uh, both won some games and, um, you know, played well for the Panthers in the past. Uh, we didn't mention this is, you know, relevant for the Panthers. Matt rule was also fired. So they'll now be led by Steve Wilkes. Um, that'll be really interesting, but I do think if you lost Baker, you know, the, the, in a super flex, the quarterback landscapes really thin. So PJ Walker, I have Baker in a league as my quarterback three, and I went ahead and paid 11 fab to, to pick up PJ Walker, just so I have that quarterback three until, you know, one of them's playing ball, not expecting tons out of either one, but you know, it's, it's, it's scary in these streets with quarterbacks. So, uh, definitely worth, you know, somewhere between five to 11 fab, I'd say. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, uh, a guy I want to mention just to just take a look and see if he's available because with all these injuries, like it's been tough. Some people, including myself, have had to make some tough drop decisions. And uh, I was able to pick up Mac Jones off of waivers this week. So with him being out because of injury and whatnot and not having the best to start to begin with, uh, someone could have, you know, dropped him just out of necessity. So look out for that. Um, but yeah, other than that, PJ Walker, I think is a good ad. Yeah, I mean, is it is it for sure that Mac Jones is he still is still not sure if he's coming back this week? But I guess even if so, you only got to wait a week and and you know yeah, and he should hopefully be back the next week. With high ankle sprains, it's usually two to four weeks, and you know this would be the second week, so uh, you know we'll we'll see. Uh, yeah, well, he's already missed two weeks, so because Bailey's yeah, because well, Brian... he. he... Well, he came he a week and a half. Well, he yeah yeah he I mean he uh, no he's he'll he'll be rested for almost three weeks after this because yeah okay. Hoyer and Bailey Zappi played that's right. With you're right, you're right, you're right yeah so he's been out two games okay 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 yeah yeah that's fair so yeah this could be the the weakest comeback if not hopefully next week would be as late yep. as it would be so yeah that's a good name to throw out uh, well at running back I'll let you lead the way because uh, there is a big time waiver wire running back as a result of an injury that I would drop most of my fab on. And it's a guy you've been really high on. Uh, yeah. It's if he's available, Ken Walker is like the pickup of the year. Uh, I, I would literally drop a hundred percent of my fab on him. If not like 99%, if you want to keep a little bit extra in the bank, but 
Uh, I, I would go all in because he's on an offense that has been surprisingly good. And we've seen what Rashad Penny has been able to do. And even Ken Walker this last week, I mean, he was a top 20 RB with only eight touches. Um, so with a full workload, he can definitely, you know, end up being a low end RB one, uh, maybe even better. So uh, yeah, I, you've got to put everything down to get Ken Walker. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, um, you know, I don't, I, I think that uh, another name I have on the list, it's my third pickup, but is DJ Dallas. Um, you know, I think DJ Dallas is going to be getting the third down work and Ken Walker still hasn't really shown much pass. Has, has he been catching passes at all? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, did he catch any passes last game with the eight, eight carries and uh, he didn't catch any or catch any last game. No, but uh, yeah, the game okay. before he's actually been pretty active and more in a third down role than, I okay so So it'll be interesting how that shakes out but even still i mean i think he's a very skilled runner and uh you know i think him and rashad penny are of equal talents but obviously uh ken walker just isn't as injury prone so um definitely i i agree with that uh he wasn't available in any of the leagues except for one where uh nate nate was able to grab him as the first waiver wire priority but uh that was a 10 team league as well. So in any of my 12 team leagues, he was, he was not on the waiver wire, but worth mentioning. Uh, the only other uh, super interesting name that I have that I think is, is really worth playing a, a decent little chunk of change is Eno Benjamin mm. uh, with uh, James Connor miss, missing. I think honestly, he's like a top 15 running back this week to start. Like uh, I'm, I have a really tough decision uh, to, whether to start him or Travis CTN and, you know, ETN did pretty good last week. I think he scored 15 points. So, I mean, I, I see him as that level of a, of a player that you can start. How long can you start him? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, James Conner probably won't be out for too, too long, but he, you know, has been injury prone in the past. And perhaps if, you know, Benjamin's able to do a lot with his, uh, his opportunity, we could see less of uh, a, sh- a share for, for Conner when he gets back. So uh, definitely worth like 15 to 25, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, he's my uh, second running back uh, to throw down fab on this, uh, this week, because, not just is he, you know, potentially really valuable this week, but I, honestly, I think he's looked better than James Conner and Daryl Williams for the most part. Uh, Daryl Williams has had moments, but uh, Eno is by far the most explosive. And, uh, you know, he could really, you know, put himself as the lead back in this offense if, uh, you know, it plays out that way. So, um, yeah, it could be a long-term ad as well as a short-term one. So I like that. Yep, and he's catching passes every game, regardless of who's healthy. So it's uh, it's it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. But uh, do you have any more running backs, or you want to uh, hit your first receiver? Yeah, we'll go straight into receiver. Uh, this one's tough between two guys. I'm rather I have more, but uh, just as with his situation, I'm going to take Jacoby Myers as my number one wide receiver pickup. Uh, this week he's, uh, gone a little bit under the radar. He was out two weeks with a, a injury. I forget what kind, but, uh, he's back now and he came back with a vengeance it was really good over 20 points this last week. Uh, and that was with Bailey Zappi thrown to him. So I, I, he has been the number one target for Mac Jones when he's been in there as well. So I think Myers is really good ad, uh, you know, for the entire season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I do have one guy above him though. Um, and uh, it is Alec Pierce. Uh, I think, you know, Alec Pierce just got peppered. I think got 12 targets uh, and and did really, really well with it. I still think Pittman's going to be the number one, but it could end up by the end of the season be really like a 1A, 1B uh, situation. And Matt Ryan is really just heaped all the praise possible on, on Alec Pierce. And it's been one of the few bright spots of 
the the Colts offense. So uh, definitely, I think he he's he's worth the pickup and and worth flexing at this point. Uh, but Myers, definitely, I agree with my. I just think uh, you know when Mac Jones was there, you know there was like Nelson Aguilar one week, and it's just kind of hard to a little bit harder for me to predict with Myers. But I still think he's definitely a valuable pickup. Um, so uh, you got a third guy. Uh, yeah, Alec Pierce was my number two. Um, yeah, he's right there with Myers, really close there. But I just like uh, you know the situation with Myers a little bit more. Uh, third guy, I, I mentioned him last week, but you should still, you know, he's still available in a lot of leagues. Khalil Shakur, uh, he looked really good as well, um, and he had uh, over six, 16 and a half points. Actually, played seventy percent of the snaps. Um, three catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. So uh, he's a big play guy, but he can also be productive out of the slot. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's a good ad going forward. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I do have one guy above him, though. My number three guy is Rondell Moore. Uh, Rondell Moore, five. That was explosive and exciting. Uh, he had eight targets, caught seven of them for 70 yards. Um, and he also had two rushing attempts. Now those rushing attempts didn't go too well. It was negative seven rushing yards, but just seeing that, they're trying to involve him in that way. And, you know, totaling a total of 10 touches uh, is really exciting. Now, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be back. But I think once DeAndre Hopkins is back, it's going to be, you know, Hollywood Hopkins and, uh, you know, Rondo more in that slot role. And that slot role, as we know, is is very valuable and kind of uh, I think he has that lockdown as long as he stays healthy. Yep, no, I think he's a good ad this week as well. Cool. All right, well, there's a big guy at tight end, if that's what you want to call it. And this year's a little bit more fair because he actually is classified as a tight end, but it's still a fucking cheat code, man. It's Taysom Hill. We should have been on this earlier. I should have foreseen this. It's like the 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 tight end landscape is so nasty that like if a guy's getting a couple of rushes a game, it's like, you know, that's already more than some tight ends are, are getting. So, uh, but we saw the complete, I mean, you know, four touchdowns complete. He was the offense of the Saints in this last game. We're still not sure if Jameis is going to be back, but even still, I think he's probably earned like five to ten plays per game. Um, so you know, being able to start him in that tight end role, I'm I would I'm definitely I have a couple of leagues where I have T.J. Hawkinson, and I paid up big like twenty to twenty five dollars for Taysom Hill, which is kind of scary. But uh, you know, I do think that you know he he uh can obviously serve as a start for me this week and possibly you know a nice little cheat code uh, for the rest of the year as well. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> It, he is a, a tight end who has one target and one reception for two yards the entire season so far. Uh, <laughs> but in this last game alone, he had nine rushes for 112 yards and three touchdowns, uh, plus a passing touchdown. So, yeah, it's um, he's a cheat code. I spent 50% of my fab in a best ball league to get this guy. And I do not regret it at all because, I mean, he's almost single-handedly won me the week this week. So, um, yeah, he's he's a monster and definitely worth uh, a risky play. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. And honestly, it's like, you know, this coming up week, well, I won't get too far ahead of myself, but, you know, there's very few tight ends that I would start over – over Taysom Hill, honestly, especially if Jameis Winston's going to be out again this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably a top five tight end on the week for me. So uh, def- definitely worth uh, 
definitely worth blowing some fab if you're if you're not a Kelsey or Andrews owner, to be honest. So um all right. Well, in order to pick up some of these guys, Nate, we gotta drop some of them. So here's some of the people on the most drop list. And we will talk about um if we agree, if we would rather have these prospects. Now, for this exercise, let's take Ken Walker out of it. You know, because obviously we'd rather have Ken Walker than everybody on here. Yeah. Uh, so let's just say, other than Ken Walker, would we rather have these prospects uh, than than any of that? Because you know, it, it, most of my leagues, Ken Walker isn't there. So uh, with the less rostered guys, uh, Ken we'll Walker or Najee Harris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, that's a tough oh, question. Man. But but no, I wouldn't cut Najee. He's not on the drop list. No, All right. So. Najee. It's it's Chase Edmonds though. Chase Edmonds. Uh, oh oh, you should have cut Chase Edmonds at least last he, week. No. I just made the cut. I had him, and he was a value running back for me. I at this point have to admit defeat on that. There is no value with Chase Edmonds. Uh, Raheem Mostert is injured right now. He's questionable. Uh, didn't practice today, so a little bit of hope is creeping in. But um, as far as you know, Benjamin, I definitely drop him for uh, you know Benjamin. But you know, DJ Dallas, I don't know. I might hang on for Chase Edmonds. I will say I dropped Edmonds for uh, Jarek McKinnon, who's another name we've mm. mentioned in the past. But we kind of he's been you know a pickup and then a drop and then a pickup just based on his usage. So it's kind of crazy. But um, I did drop him for him, so that's kind of where I'm at on him. So, uh, what about Tyler Algier? He was a pickup last week. Didn't do much with, uh, the workload and, you know, eventually Cordell will, will, will be back, but I think we have at least three more weeks until that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you rather have Algier or a guy like, Eno or maybe one of these wide receivers? Ooh. I mean, if we're just talking about running backs, it's a really a toss up between him and Eno. Um, cause I mean, the Falcons do have some really good rushing games, but, uh, I mean, I, I think I would rather have like Jacoby Myers or Alec Pierce than him if it if it came down to that. Yeah, I, I agree that it's a tough one between him and Algier, but I will say I think Eno, if Connor isn't there, will share less uh, than, than Tyler Algier, um, and maybe is in a better offense. Maybe I don't know. The Cardinals are pretty iffy, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So yeah, I, I would probably lean Eno there, but Tyler Algier definitely isn't somebody I'm just gonna cut to cut. Uh, well, what about Matt Collins? He was a pickup a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, hasn't really done much since I'm willing to cut him. What about you? Yeah. Um, I know you and I, like, he was definitely like a lower end waiver wire pickup for us, but we also told you to sell high on him because it's just, it, it wasn't sustainable. And yeah, he's, he had a very bad, like under one point week this last week. So I, I would cut him for any of the wide receivers we named. Right, and part of the Matt Collins narrative was Hunter Renfro was injured, um, mm-hmm. and you know that's no longer the case. So now he's the fourth target on now an offense. See, that's sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we're going to say all this, and then Devonte Adams is going to end up getting a suspension, and Matt Collins is going to have like a thirty-point game. That's uh, probably true. Which, which will be his true. last hurrah of 2022. But yeah, well, when that happens, he'll be back on the waiver wire segment. But for now, we'll cut him for Pierce Rondell Moore. Um, Bernie Myers. So, uh, so yeah. Well, what about Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore has been, you know, a big time letdown. Uh, Zach Wilson's been back for two weeks, still hasn't really done it. Are you willing to drop him at this point? Uh, I, I'm not dropping more for for any of these guys. He's he's too much of a talent, and yeah, I, I've seen it with him last year, and uh, I think it can still happen this year. So, not not quite. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think, um, for me, Pierce and Jacoby Myers are close. I would keep him over Rondell, but with Pierce and Jacoby Myers, it is, uh, it's interesting. I think I probably would drop him for Pierce, especially if I wanted to needed to start this week. I think I'd feel more comfortable starting Pierce. Um, but all right, uh, two Giants receivers. Uh, the thing is, if they can get healthy, they should have all the opportunity in the world, but people seem to be giving up on them. Kadarius Tony and Wandell Robinson. Uh, where are you at on either of these guys? Are you willing to hold out for the potential upside, or is it just, you know, didn't happen after five weeks, I'm letting go? Uh, I mean, I would drop either of them for, for Myers and Pierce for sure. Yeah, and honestly, even Rondell, I think maybe Kadarius I would hold on to, um, but it's just I'm getting I'm growing tired. I'm growing yeah. real tired because we so. honestly could have mentioned Darius Slayton in our you know in the waiver wire ad section because yeah yeah he, yeah he had himself a good game and he could become the Giants wide receiver one this year, uh, which would be quite the thing because like all the preseason stuff was that he was likely going to get cut off the team. So, uh, oh how the tide turns. Yeah, right now it's him and Richie James out there. So uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <yeah. laughs> they need him. Uh, but all right, yeah, that's a good point. Definitely, we'll we'll, we'll tack him onto the end of our waiver segment. Uh, Darius Slayton there. So, all right, well, let's get into our dog discussions. Four interesting topics. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the rookies, and we're just gonna kind of quickly review, go position by position, and talk about the guys that have impressed us and that, you know, we view them uh, as, as risers in dynasty and have been, you know, redraft assets. And I guess maybe if there's some people you might want to talk about that haven't been redraft assets, but uh, at quarterback for me, there's only one guy to talk about so far and it's been Kenny Pickett. He's played two games. He hasn't, I mean, he hasn't busted in any of them fantasy wise or performance wise. He hasn't necessarily, you know, came in and saved the day and turned the team around. But I think that's not that, you know, there's too much to expect for him. Um, I think he's played just fine. And I think I feel pretty good about him. I think, you know, coming into next year, I can definitely see myself having him probably, you know, we'll see how he does for the rest of the season, but somewhere ranked between like a top 15, 20 dynasty quarterback. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think, you know, he's honestly looked pretty good for what he's – I mean, he had to play the Bills this last week, and that was a horrible affair. But in half a game, literally 50% of the snaps uh, when he took over in uh, week three – or sorry, week four for the Jets uh, against the Jets. I'll get through this somehow. Um, he had almost like 13 fantasy points in a half of the game. So he uh, he definitely has upside. And, you know, he had 12 points against the Bills. So he seems to give you a pretty safe floor. He's surrounded by talent. And uh, the schedule gets a little bit easier for him, uh, you know, upcoming. He's got to play the Bucks, but then Miami's a, a little reprieve. Yeah, I mean, they have a tough schedule for a while, honestly. Mm. Um, it's like, you know, Miami, I mean, you know, it, it's it's an easier defense, but still two good cornerbacks and and a good team. I think they have the Saints after a bye week. So, yeah, uh, it is rough for them, but I think it'll be a baptism by fire. And one thing I'll mention, Kenny Pickett scoring 12 points without a touchdown is actually very impressive. I mean, like, it's, it's you know, guys like Zach Wilson scored right around that, and they needed a touchdown to do that. So when you're just doing that on your yardage, 
um, you know, that is something to take note of. Now, obviously, it's not a good thing that he didn't score a touchdown. But, you know, um, I, I do think that's that's worth mentioning for Pickett. But uh, is there any other quarterbacks you have to mention? I mean, none of them really got on the field. I guess besides Bailey Zappi, if you want to take the stage on Bailey Zappi, you, you can you can go ahead. I mean, I like this guy better than most in the rookie draft. So, uh, you know, I think you can feel confident with him as Mac Jones backup. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he can possibly have a chance of starting after his rookie deals up. But I, I think he'll be a career backup. But he's he's shown some talent. Yeah, career backup for sure. And in Dynasty, maybe guys like that are still rostering. But um, also, if Wentz keeps sucking, still worth watching rostering. Yeah, if Wentz keeps sucking and the commanders still are hanging down at the bottom of their very stacked, surprisingly stacked division, uh, I could see them making a switch to Sam Howell. And honestly, he's looked good in the action he's given. So they should have done it. Well, maybe not. They're playing on Thursday this week. Maybe not enough time to get him in the game yeah. plan. But when they when they lose to the Bears on Thursday, I, give them that ten day week. I, I think they should go ahead and do it. Honestly, just see what you got. And if not, you'll end up with a top five pick anyways next year. Um, I feel bad for Ron Rivera. He might be the next next head to roll. Um, but um, but let's uh, move on to the running back position. For me, there's a big three of guys that I'm really impressed with this uh, this class. Uh, a couple of disappointments as well, but we'll just talk uh, focus on the the positives here. Um, so I will start with Mr. Brees Hall. Obviously, I was a big huge touter of Brees Hall. Uh, Look, if you would have told me, hey, Josiah, he's also going to lead the league in targets after five weeks. Um, I mean, I knew he was skilled as a pass catcher, but I really, you know, to see him unlocked this way, uh, this early in his career, I am super excited. I really think he, uh, he'll probably be right. I mean, he was already at six for me this year coming in, not even touching the field, uh, as far as his overall dynasty ranking. So, uh, I'd be surprised if he isn't a top three back for me next year, but, um, but yeah, I'll let you uh, give your thoughts on Brees and then talk about a guy that, that you're excited about. Yeah. And no, Brees is as advertised. I mean, he, he and Walker are my clear one and two, um, both of them are, were neck and neck coming out for me. So Brees is big and fast and he showed it off. Uh, I do think, you know, the targets are going to continue to decrease a little bit just with Zach Wilson being back and the volume, not quite, quite being the same. Uh, he was averaging seven targets a game when Flacco was in there, and he's averaging four in the two games that Wilson's been back. So, uh, But he blew one of them wide open for a big old play this last game. So, um, yeah, he, he's looked great. Um, yeah, n- nothing to complain about there. He's fighting with Damian Pierce for the best rookie running back so far. Um, but, man, Pierce has been you know probably the biggest riser as far as the running backs go, and he is just a tackle-breaking monster. I mean, I don't know if you saw that run he had. took him almost to the goal line uh, mm-hmm. this last week. But, man, he's – yeah. Well, what do you think of Damian Pierce so far? Yeah, man. I mean, um, you know, you were on him early. I uh, pre-draft had him ranked as my RB8 in the class, and I did end up bumping him up once he landed with his uh, draft capital and landing spot to RB5, but I still didn't have him high enough. I think he is easily RB2 or RB3 in this class. Um, I mean, you know, there's still some guys that haven't got their opportunities that, you know, over over the years might uh, you know, I'm thinking James Cook. I'm thinking, uh, you know, obviously fingers crossed Isaiah Spiller, but that hasn't looked too hot. Uh, but um, but yeah, so definitely, uh, you know, I think he, he he surprised me. I wasn't low on him, but I wasn't the highest guy. You were definitely higher, and and now I would uh definitely say I wish I was as high as you were on him coming out of the draft. 
Yeah, I'll say he's moved up to, um, you know, RB3 for me. I still had uh, Zeus ahead of him, but yeah, he, he's looked uh, fantastic so far, and Zeus has much more competition to play with right now. Um, but yeah, he's he's still a clear number three because Ken Walker is, you know, I, I still have him as my number one, but it's him and Brees and then a little bit of a gap to Pierce. But uh, Walker has looked really, really good. The game is really starting to come to him. Uh, this last game, you know, averaged 11 yards per carry uh, on the season. He's averaging over six yards per carry. And now he's going to be stepping into a workhorse role. So, um, yeah, be very interested to see what he does with that. If he can uh, kind of catch up in points to uh, Brees and Pierce for the rest of the season, they can fight it out. Yeah, you know, I mean um... – we kind of talked about the competitions, you know, with Michael Carter, with Brees Hall and Rashad Penny with Ken Walker. And part of my argument was I think Rashad Penny was a much better running back and much going to be much harder to beat out than uh, than Michael Carter was. And, you know, that it, of course, we also knew that Rashad Penny was so injury prone and, you know, that was kind of in the back of our minds as well. So now that Rashad Penny's gone, I mean, the gates are wide open. I mean, I think all three of these guys that we're talking about in redraft now with Ken Walker, he's currently in the sixties. So he has a little bit of work to do to make up uh, as far as his, his uh, overall RB rank, but these guys probably are going to finish the season as, as uh, you know, top 15, top 20 running back. I think in Brees and Damian's Pierce and finishes top 12 running back. So, um, you know, it's really exciting to see that this, this class was kind of not, as highly touted with the running backs, but I think we got three really solid prospects here moving forward that you could be excited about in dynasty. And of course there's other names to mention, but uh, you know, in the class, but is there anybody else that you want to mention as far as that it's excited you so far, or, you know, you, you feel deserves a highlight basically yeah. after five weeks. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a shout out. Just one. It's an incredible story. Brian Robinson coming back um, and being the lead rusher for the commanders in his first game back that surprised even me. And I'm, you know, one of his biggest touters um yeah so getting nine carries right off the bat compared to gibson's three that's a really good sign for him so the the usage really excites me uh yeah we'll, we'll see what he can do going forward with that role but he's definitely going to be given a shot to uh you know be the lead back in that offense so that's exciting for him yeah and that was definitely a more divisive guy for us like you know with pierce you were a little bit higher but i was still high-ish but yeah mm. definitely with uh brian robinson i think he was like rb8 or nine for me so obviously the story is awesome i mean i'm not wishing him bad i want him to do good especially after everything that's happened um and uh you know unfortunately i have a league where i have both him and antonio gibson and i literally don't know which one to start next week so uh it's 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 tough uh my could end up starting them both, but that could end up, you know, just being too bad oh, no. starts. So, so probably won't do that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, that that will be interesting to keep an eye on. Definitely worth mentioning for sure. So, um, all right, let's move on. Definitely the bulk of this discussion. This has probably been a longer discussion, so we'll try to move on yeah. uh, a little bit quicker. Uh, but through these wide receivers, and man, these wide receivers have just been so great. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of list off a couple and, you know, let you touch on the ones that you're you're most excited about. But um, for me, the list I have of guys that have stood out to me already after five weeks is Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce and Romeo Dobbs. So, um, you know, that's that's seven guys there. I would throw in Traylon Burks. Obviously, he's injured. You know, he didn't have any crazy fantasy games, but he was, you know, getting used a lot and starting to become dependable. Um, obviously we'll have to wait a little bit longer, but even with just these seven guys, um, really, really just deep, awesome 
class. And, you know, I think, you know, three or four of these guys are probably going to be in the top 12, 15 receivers come, come next year. Yeah. I, uh, I mean the clear top three and, you know, these were the, you know, top three drafted, but Olave Wilson and London, you know, they are as advertised. I mean, they, they've looked every bit of the part, especially Olave, uh, as far as like a consistency basis, he's been awesome. Um, and Garrett Wilson obviously lit it up early in the season as well. So yeah, they've been great. Uh, Dotson's been a touchdown machine, a little banged up now, but, um, yeah, if, if you were to sell high on any of these, these guys, it, I probably would pick Dotson just because a lot of his production is coming from touchdowns, but uh, he's still been impressive and made, you know, a lot of like contested highlight catches. Uh, speaking of which Pickens like is a highlight reel constantly, like just he's quickly turning into the wide receiver one for the Steelers. He's been very good the last two weeks in fantasy and in real life. And uh, I, I can only imagine as Pickett gets more comfortable in that offense, it'll help, uh, you know, Pickens out as well. So, yeah, uh, pretty much every guy you mentioned is the ones that have stood out to me. I mean, Duff, yeah, is there anybody you have to add that I, that I missed? Uh, no, it's that's about all. I mean, Khalil Shakur looked really good this last game, but haven't seen, mm-hmm. you know, quite enough of him to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, that that's about it. That, uh, Tyquan Thornton also came back, like, really fast from that collarbone injury. So uh, I think he might even be playing this week. So I'll need to check on that. But um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what he can do for the Patriots. But these guys have already shown it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited for this class. And, you know, next class um, it has some really awesome running back prospects, some really awesome quarterback prospects. But I don't think that the wide receivers are going to be nearly this deep. Uh, there will yeah. be a couple of really high end, awesome, you know, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, uh, Jordan Addison, you know, really excited mm-hmm. about both of those guys. But after that, it gets a little bit murky. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some names that arise uh, as we start diving into hours of film, but uh, this class really stands out as a wide receiver class. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, we talked about some rookies. So naturally that kind of, leads itself to dynasty and we haven't touched on dynasty in a couple of weeks. So we always want to circle back around, get our pulse uh, on the dynasty. Radar. <laughs> oh, um, but, uh, but anyways, but so, our finger uh, on the pulse is what he meant to say. There you go. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> something, something like that. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some risers and fallers. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of these are going to correlate to redraft as well because they couldn't have risen and fallen except for in this season. But, uh, you know, just some guys that we had ranked high uh, or low that have either risen or fallen. Um, so, Nate, I'll let you start out with your first riser. Of I did this less based on my rankings and more of kind of like consensus. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Nick Chubb has to be mentioned as a riser. He's... Mm-hmm. I mean, he's RB1 on the season so far. And, you know, the kind of usage and, you know, scoring opportunities and stuff that we've always wanted for him, I, he's getting. And he's he's kind of separated himself. I mean, Hunt's been good this year, but Chubb has been, in my opinion, easily the best running back in the NFL. Uh, and it's finally showing up in fantasy, and uh, that's, that's really good to see. So I think, you know, the stigma of him only being an RB2, uh, his value's risen since then. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, I think he was right uh, like 10 or 11 for me in Dynasty, and I probably would bump him up higher even for me, and we were high on him mm-hmm. compared to most people. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree that he's he's been a riser for me personally and in the community uh, mm-hmm. at large. Uh, so that's a good name to throw out there. 
Uh, for me, a big time riser, and I sh- I kind of called this. I, I won't say I called it, but uh, you know, I thought something like this would happen. And it's Devontae Smith, man. Like I had him at wide receiver twenty two, and I uh, I would have had him ranked higher, but I got scared off by AJ Brown. But look, Devontae Smith, he put up a goose egg week one. Every other week since then, he has outscored A.J. Brown. Uh, I mean, so, you know, A.J. Brown hasn't been a bust at all. It's just he was drafted way before him, and I really don't think that they're – I mean, I would argue that Devontae Smith is a better prospect, just not as as ideal of a body type. So a better prospect. He won the Heisman, man. He was a first-round draft – I mean, A.J. Brown was a late first-round draft pick, but, you know – I mean, yeah, uh, one, think- one played with a bunch of NFL quarterbacks at Alabama, and the other played at Ole Miss with who – Hey, personally, man, I, I would take Devontae Smith. Uh, not not overall in Dynasty right now, but it's getting closer to closer to, to that. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if he finishes the year higher, even slightly higher than A.J. Brown. Uh, he's going to be a huge steal for a lot of people. Um, so and and as of right now, I, I think that uh, they're they're right there next to each other. A.J. Um, Brown if, is if wide AJ... receiver 11 and Devontae Smith is wide receiver 22. Well, I was about to say, if they're apart, it's because of that zero that zero week, and it's not like AJ Brown is busting. But uh, but yeah, I'm all I'm saying is he's been a riser for me. He was 22 for me, uh, and I definitely see him more as a high end. I mean, especially with his age, uh, a high end wide receiver too in Dynasty at this point. Yeah, I think that's uh, fair. Some of the you know concerns about him not getting used at all or whatever uh, has right right you know, been quelched a little bit. So that's been good. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want to do all risers or go back and forth between fallers? I'll do another riser. Do whatever uh, you like. Yeah, you you lead the way, my friend. Uh, I'll, I'll do another riser. Uh, I think another guy that a lot of concerns have been wiped away for, even though their first-round pick hasn't even played yet, is uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, and the fact that we're talking about, you know, how amazing this uh, wide receiver class is and Jameson Williams hasn't taken a snap yet, I mean, I really think this is the best – wide receiver class to come around in a long time, but, uh, Amon Ra, uh, he has just been awesome while he's been on the field, obviously been injured the past couple of games, but uh, I think he played a little bit this last one, but uh, he's been incredible. Uh, you know, Hawkinson being back swift being back. It has not mattered because he, he just keeps producing because he's really, really good with the ball in his hands and he gets open. So, uh, I think, uh, Amon Ra has definitely, you know, moved up as to a clear top 12, uh, dynasty wide receiver this year. I was just about to ask you, do you have him as a wide receiver? One? Do, you, do you think you'll have him as a wide receiver one? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I think if not, I will he's too. like the highest end of wide receiver twos. Yeah. No, I think I will too. Honestly, I think I'm going to just, just for my own gratification and for the pod, uh, I'm going to do, do redo my dynasty rankings here. And, uh, uh, since after the first five weeks and and see where some some cards land but no i think he will finish i think that's a really good name to put out there uh well another riser i have uh actually i didn't realize i had two teammates on the same team but you know whatever it is what it is it's jalen hurts mm-hmm. um you know i had him as a back end quarterback one i said that you know i'd rather have guys like uh well i'll save it for the for the guys a couple of the names because they're all my followers but yeah there were guys that i should not have been drafting over him, especially with their age and their youth. But there's just a little bit of fear, I think, with everybody, at least with most people with Jalen Hurts, that maybe he wasn't going to hold on to the job long term. And he's being set up with A.J. Brown now, but if he fails, that they'll draft a guy over him or whatever. Honestly, those concerns are completely gone for me. I mean, he's a top five dynasty quarterback for me, I think. Uh, I mean, he's quarterback two on the or three on the year. 
Um, and uh, it's just insane what he can do now. He's not, he doesn't put up as much rushing yards as some of the guys, but I mean, look, they're the only five and O team. I mean, I'm sorry, as many passing yards as some of the other um, uh, quarterbacks, but they're five and O uh, he's leading the team. He's utilizing his weapons. He's doing everything you can ask him to do. And he looks much better as a passer, a big knock on him before was that he wouldn't pass. He couldn't pass to the middle of the field. Well, he's been doing a lot more of that and uh, having a big, huge body like AJ Brown is definitely something that can help anybody do that. Yeah. He's, he's got better weapons now uh, that that offense as a whole is humming. And yeah, he, he looks great. Uh, I, I, he's risen for me. I think a lot of what you said about people, you know, being concerned about his long-term ability and being drafted over and all that, uh, that could apply to my guy as well, which is Jared Goff. Um, I think Goff has shown a lot this year. I know he didn't have the best fantasy game this last year, this last week, but, uh, for the most part, he's been awesome. He's QB nine on the year and in real life football, he's, he's been very, very good. So, uh, I, and he doesn't even have their first round wide receiver back yet. So, I think golf has you know been given a longer leash after this performance, and if he keeps it up this year, um, I, I don't foresee him getting drafted over. Uh, I think he's going to get a shot to continue being the starter for for that team going forward. See, this is an interesting one for me because I agree about the on field play, but they are one and four, and you know if they're sitting there with one of those top three picks, I feel like it is going to be be really hard it's almost like the jimmy g problem it's like we know we have a guy who's good but can he get us over the hump especially for a franchise that hasn't won a playoff game since 1991 um so and that worked out great for the niners well i mean he got injured man it was it wasn't you know we'll, we'll see but uh it's still to be still to be said if it worked out for the niners not in my opinion but um what i will say is you know, I don't know that I agree that he's not going to be drafted over. I think I'm still a little bit wary of his long-term starter ability in Dynasty, but I do agree that he's risen for me, and I do agree that he's surpassed my expectations. I mean, I had him buried as, like, you know, Dynasty quarterback 28 or something, and, uh, you know, he's definitely way higher than that now. He's he's definitely solidly probably in the late teens, so at least, like, a nice 9 or 10 spot jump. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, you know, it could be higher if he does play all the rest of this game and look, if they end up with a pick outside of the top, you know, 10, 12, I will feel a lot more solid that, you know, they can't draft somebody over them and, and, and that they did well enough that they feel like they can build with him. But, um, you know, for now they got to get, they got to win some games. They're one and four, but I do agree that his performance has been very, very good. So I like that call. Um, well, let's move on to some fallers. And while we're on the topic of quarterback, uh, one of the names that I had ranked above Jalen Hurts in Dynasty. And looking back, this was just, I mean, you know, I guess, but it's Russell Wilson. I mean, I understand that he, uh, you know, has done it for so long and proven a lot more than Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts is so much younger. He's in been in a system for three years now. Russell Wilson is in a new system. Uh, look, as good as Geno Smith is doing, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, it's Pete Carroll, man. <laughs> Pete Carroll took a third round pick and made him a superstar. And now I, I, I'm not saying that completely, but the thought is in my head and I'm trying to push it out. Cause I know it's not completely logical, but it's, it's, it's been bad for Russ. It's been really bad. He had one good game. We kind of talked about it last week. Oh, things are looking up. Nah, things went back looking down and now he's having shoulder things and shoulder injections and, Oh, yeah, I think he's a really scary dynasty asset because when you have an old quarterback like that, they have to be a top 10 quarterback or or why? Or, I mean, 
unless they're just my quarterback two or something. But you know, why why do I have them in dynasty? Why am I spending major draft capital on them in dynasty? And I think Russ could be somebody that that hurt a lot of people that drafted him around the the Hertzes and the Dax and the younger quarterbacks that you know. Even if they have a down season, they have time, a lot more time to, uh, you know, bring it around. And Russ still has time to bring it around. But, you know, at the end of the day, he doesn't have 10 more years of playing. And um, if he doesn't start playing better, he does. He has a lot less than that. So, yeah, I, I think you're being a little too hard on yourself. I mean, uh, a lot of people and their brother would have taken Russ over Hertz and many other quarterbacks. I mean, because he, he did it even when he was playing a lot last year. And the years before, I mean, he's consistently a quarterback one year in and year out, and he hadn't shown any sort of like major fall off. Uh, I'll be interested to see. I know he just had a surgery done on his shoulder, so I'll be interested to see if that like helps correct any of the problems. Um, he's also with a new first time head coach, so it's not just him going into a new offense. It's like it's a coach going into a new job entirely. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely fallen, you know, a decent bit from where he was preseason, you know, for anybody. Uh, so that's a good call there. Yeah. And what I'll say about the coaching thing is I agree to that point, but you know, in the big moments or even like the last, you know, the, the, the play that they lost to the chargers chiefs. I can't remember who they lost to, uh, but it was a slant and KJ Hamler was open. And he forced mm-hmm. Fred, you know, it's like, that's not coaching. The coach called the right fucking play. Oh, yeah. He just missed the guy that was open, you know? So mm-hmm. if, if Russell Wilson is doing that, like can't make an excuse for him, you know? So it's 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 going to be something we have to keep our eye on. I'm sure he's going to have better days, but at the end of the day, if he doesn't finish a top 12 quarterback, he boomed a lot of people in Dynasty. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, well, my quarterback follower is going to be Mr. Baker Mayfield. Um, oh, yeah. Especially Off in, the map. Especially yeah, in yeah. Dynasty because, like, you know, if you had him, you were probably hoping it could be like a QB2 for you, and now – uh, I don't know what you're hoping for, but you, you know he's not going to be startable after the season, I don't think. So, yeah, this is high-level red alert for Baker Mayfield and Dynasty. Yeah, that that is a scary one. Yeah, I mean, he was in the 20s for me, but now he's solidly in the late 20s, possibly flirt. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to be 30 and be a starting quarterback, but uh, uh, as in be, be the 30th-ranked person and be the starting quarterback, but he was – it's probably around that range. So, so tell me um, this: Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Matt Corral? Hmm. I I would probably take Baker Mayfield, and the only reason why is because I think he's going to play, you know, the rest of this season at least. And with Matt Corral, obviously he's injured for the rest of the season, and he was drafted by this lame duck coach and the new staff is going to come in and try to find that generational guy i hope matt corral can do it maybe he will be the quarterback of the future but i just i think the path is getting you know narrower and narrower for him so but that's a good question for sure i had to think about it um well all right one more follow from us each and we will move on um for me it's a guy that i had ranked rb 23 and now i don't quite know where i'd have him ranked but probably in the 30s and uh it's elijah mitchell um you know, I know he got injured. He hasn't really had a chance to fail. I get it. But he got injured a lot last year. And he's, he's you know, super injury prone. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, obviously, it's the 49ers running back scheme. Uh, even when he does come back this year, Jeff Wilson's been running so well that I'm not sure that he's going to retake, you know, the the work that we thought he was going to have. 
And, you know, I still think he could be, uh, you know, when he comes back from injury, a nice flex play. Uh, but if Jeff, Jeff Wilson stays healthy as well, of course, with the 49ers running backs, he'll probably end up getting injured too. I mean, knock on wood, I hope it doesn't happen. But, uh, yeah, if, if if Jeff Wilson's healthy, I'm not feeling that great about Elijah Mitchell. And, you know, obviously being an undrafted prospect, um, you know, it, there's it's it's always kind of kind of scary. Or he, wait, he wasn't undrafted. He was like a seventh rounder, right? Or was he undrafted? He was a sixth rounder. Sixth rounder? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So not quite undrafted, but, you know, nothing to ride home about. But he has fallen, you know, probably at least seven to ten spots for me. Um, I'd have to, you know, I'm going to have to go through and really, really go through it with a fine-tooth comb and see where he falls. But uh, definitely fallen from 23. Yeah, he really hadn't fallen a whole lot for me. I mean, when he's been on the field, he's looked fine. Uh, I understand the injury stuff, which I'm surprised to see you as concerned about it. But, um normally give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to injuries, especially with running backs, but yeah, yeah. I do try to, I, I, I think it's more the 49ers uh, running back hate that you hate, which I, I find it's not par- hate. Well, it's I find like- this paradoxical because you were like, you could, I can't trust Jeff Wilson because it's the 49ers running back scheme. And now like you can trust Jeff Wilson so much that you can't trust. Well, okay. Elijah. I can't, I don't, I can't trust any of it. I can't trust that, that, Elijah Mitchell is going to come back and be good. I can't trust that Jeff Wilson is going to continue to be good. It's just, a, it's a nebulous that I've tried to solve and I'm just done trying to solve the 49ers running back backfield. I'll just let somebody else deal with it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe a lot of people agree with you and he hasn't fallen that much, but um, you know, I had him as an RB two. I don't want him as an RB two in dynasty any longer. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, yeah, I'll mention, I mean, just real quick in passing Ronald Jones is dead um so his all all his fantasy value is gone uh but i I would rather mention chase claypool because hey i had him on the list too as my third guy oh man uh he he literally announced the man that replaced him he announced george pickens at the draft and yeah pickens has come and just literally taken the job right away from him uh and you could argue between who you'd rather have long term between pickens and deontay johnson but you'd much rather have both those guys than chase claypool so um i I still think he's you know obviously a freak you know body wise he's a a little bit of you know a diva off the field and you know i don't know about work ethic and all that kind of stuff but he's definitely going to keep getting chances in the league and even if it doesn't work out for the steelers he'll go somewhere else but uh, yeah, he's he's definitely taking a hit this year with Pickens. This is why we, this he's a great lesson in being. And again, he might have another breakout game like this, and then people will be saying, "Oh, you gave up on him." But you know, last year, I think it was last year, his rookie year might have been two years ago. It was two years ago. Yeah. Um, he had a four touchdown game, and I distinctly remember people having him as a top twelve, top fifteen wide receiver automatically. And, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, look, if you're already in on a prospect and they do that, it's like a Garrett Wilson thing, like drafted that high, he blows up. Okay. But um, yeah, just, just, just let, let there be a larger sample size than one game on a, on a prospect before we're ranking them quite that high, unless it is one of these truly, truly unique prospects coming out of college. But anyways, well, and uh, I will give him credit because like last year on a, dead arm big Ben led offense he had almost a thousand yards in 15 games so he but he just had two touchdowns uh compared to 11 his rookie year so i mean he had the yardage last year yeah 11 touchdowns that's a lot his rookie year that's crazy yeah yeah Yeah, i mean he was due for regression maybe this year it'll fall somewhere between but honestly i don't think he has many touchdowns so far so um well all right let's move on to our third discussion 
And let's re-rank our top seven quarterbacks uh, compared to the start of the season. Um, so I will let you start us off, Nate. Uh, yeah, so uh, before the season for redraft, I had Mahomes number one, Allen number two, Tom Brady number three, Justin Herbert, uh, four, five, Lamar Jackson, six, Joe Burrow, and seven, Matt Stafford. And I have re-ranked them. Uh, I moved Josh Allen up to current QB1. Uh, he has a little bit of a points gap on Mahomes. Mahomes still been very good, but uh, mainly if you look at Josh Allen's schedule, it's incredibly favorable, like, up ahead. I mean, it's nothing but... If you're looking on sleeper, it's nothing but green matchups ahead. It's it's very, very good looking, um, better than Patrick Mahomes. So I, I would expect him to remain the QB1. Mahomes still at uh, QB2, or there's down to QB2, but nipping at Allen's heels. Uh, Lamar Jackson is sitting at QB3 for me. Uh, I think he is QB3 in uh, real life as well, just behind Jalen Hurts. Um, but uh, Jalen Hurts comes in at number five, right behind Justin Herbert at four. Uh, Herbert has still been doing well, uh, despite not having Keenan Allen. I think when he does get Allen back, it's going to, you know, help him, uh, take it up a couple notches, but, uh, yeah, Herbert has, you know, not given me any cause for concern long-term this year. Um, then Jalen hurts five, six is going to be Joe Burrow. Uh, he's off to a good start this year as well. Uh, and Kyler Murray comes in at QB six. Oh, you mean seven? QB seven. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I thought I was miscounting. Okay, yeah, yeah, interesting. And what was your what was your uh, preseason redraft rankings? Uh, I have to go through them all again. Oh, you already you already did the pre- yeah. Okay, okay, sorry, I must have missed that part. Okay, sorry. Well, yeah, oh yeah, you did say Tom Brady three. I remember that now. My bad. Uh, blanked out there. Well, Ooh. yeah, uh, I like that. We have a lot of the same things. This is the first time you've made the switch. You finally put Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes. So. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I've, I've been there for a minute. I welcome you on board, but uh, I'm sure in, in dynasty, you still have Patrick Mahomes, but, oh yeah, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I am. I think that's the first time I've ever heard you rank Josh Allen one. So yeah, love to hear it. So uh, preseason, I had Josh Allen, number one. Um, I had Justin Herbert, number two, Patrick Mahomes, number three, Tyler Murray, number four, Lamar Jackson, number five. Jalen Hurts, number six, and Tom Brady, number seven. So I actually feel pretty good about uh, my my preseason rankings. There's pretty similar, a little bit of some shakeups. Tom Brady is no longer in the top seven, I can tell you that. But uh, Josh Allen is at one. Patrick Mahomes is at two. Uh, Jalen Hurts is at three. Lamar Jackson is at four now. Um, these two are really was going back and forth between... But I'm going to give it to Kyler at five and Justin Herbert at six. I think they're, you know, the top four quarterbacks have really out, they've outscored the the, the number five quarterback, Kyler Murray, by uh, like, you know, four points a game or five points a game, I believe. So uh, they, they're really in a tier on their own, that being Allen, Mahomes, Hertz, and Jackson. Uh, so yeah, that next tier really starts with Kyler for me. Uh, Justin Herbert definitely should, would be there. But one thing about Kyler is he's doing as well as he has, and he's still going to gain DeAndre Hopkins. And with DeAndre Hopkins, he actually averages like six points more a game than when he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. So, um, you know, that's a big deal. So that'll definitely catapult him up. Herbert at six, and then Joe Burrow sneaking in at seven. Uh, I think he's like at eight or nine right now in real life. Um, and, you know, he, he still hasn't really had too many of his explosion games, but I think those are still to come. So I'll put him there at seven. Yeah, I like it. 
Um, yeah, I think you had to move a little bit less off your uh, previous top seven. Um, yeah, Matthew Stafford, that Rams offense, they're going to have to improve for him to get back up there because that is that is rough to watch right now. Yeah, well, we're about to mention Matthew Stafford. We got a segment coming up. Name a couple of the biggest busts in fantasy so far and if you think they will bounce back. So uh, you mentioned it. I, for me, Matt Stafford at quarterback 26. So I had him ranked at quarterback 10 coming into the year. Uh, definitely for the draft capital you paid for where he is right now. I think he's thrown one touchdown in the past three weeks. Um, obviously without having any rushing upside that pretty much neutralizes him as a fantasy option. Um, I think better days are ahead certainly, but yeah, man, I mean, you can probably speak to it better than I can, but the Rams just don't look like the same team this year. And I don't know if it's a fixable problem, if it's something they got to figure it out and they'll grow into it. That happens with good teams sometimes, but it uh, it's just the Cooper Cup show and nothing else right now. I mean, a little bit of Tyler Higby. Oh, a lot uh, of but, Tyler Higby. Yeah, but that's that's about all we're getting. So, uh, so yeah, Matt Stafford for so far, he's been a big bust for people. And, you know, I, I do think he'll turn it around, but I think it's going to be tough for him to end up finishing as a top 12 quarterback like we he, he normally does and like we expect him to on the Rams. So um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I do. I definitely expect it to get better. Can't get a whole lot worse for him. But, uh, you know, McVay has kind of said recently, like, something's got to change. So they, they're changing personnel. They just signed Matt Skura to play at center. Uh, they did have to put one of their guards, David Edwards, uh, on IR. So that's another blow. Uh, but he was already hurt and playing banged up and stuff. So I do expect it to get better for him. Um, but, yeah, it's I expect him to kind of bounce back more to, like, you know, maybe a high-end QB2 as opposed to, you know, a surefire top 12 quarterback this year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree there for sure. Uh, well, who do you have as a as a bust, and how do you feel about them bouncing back? Uh, yeah, I think the most, like, clear-cut, easiest bounce-back candidate to pick here is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, obviously not what everyone expected to have, especially a lot of people drafting a number one overall. Uh, but this is Jonathan Taylor we're talking about, especially that last game. You know, it looks like he was playing with a sprained ankle for a lot of it. So, yeah, he, he should be back this week, uh, back being healthy. I think that was the first game he's ever missed since, like, high school. So, yeah, rare occurrence. And, uh, you know, I, I don't expect him to have any, like, long-term issues this year. So, uh, if someone's stupid enough to, uh, you know, let you buy low at this point, it'd be a good time to do it. But, you know, JT is an easy bounce back for me. Yeah, no, he definitely is a nice uh, buy low candidate. And honestly, as far as buying him, I'm almost crossing my fingers. I mean, I own him in a lot of leagues, so I'm not actually hoping this. But if I'm trying to go out and buy him, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping he's declared out this week again. Because if that happens, buy him, buy him, buy him. Because that owner is going to be the, – the person that spent the 101 on Jonathan Taylor is not – you know, they probably aren't five and oh right now. So uh they're they're looking for wins. So if you can trade him somebody that, that's gonna win, I like that name a lot. I also had him as a potential candidate on here. And but you know, yes, I do think he will bounce back. Although that offensive line has looked not as good as the Colts offensive line normally has. But um the name I will mention is Ezekiel Elliott, the guy that I had as my running back 12. Uh he is currently in the 30s, ranked behind Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is pretty much game by game outplaying him. Um, this might be the end of the road, man. I mean, not for his career, but as, as Ezekiel Elliott, the fantasy stalwart and it's uh, you know, he's 
been a great soldier. He's done his service. He's done his time. He's done much more time than most running backs. You know, I think six years as an RB one, but I think the ride is over, man. I don't think he's going to bounce back to the, to the Zeke that we once knew and love. Yeah. I will say I've been encouraged by his workload, uh, especially this last game getting 22 carries, but he just, he definitely does not have the burst that he used to. Um, and Tony Pollard has a lot more of that. So uh, they're three points apart right now in total fantasy. So there it's, you know, basically a toss up. Uh, but, you know, Pollard can do it with less touches at this point. So yeah, Zeke, uh, his days of being like your shirt, like the number one running back on your offense are, you know, probably uh, not what you want anymore. Yeah, and the, the the other thing about them, you know, they are close, and I know at the end of the day, points are points, but uh, Pollard has gotten, I think, three less touchdowns or two less touchdowns. So, you know, Zeke's points have been much more touchdown dependent, whereas Pollard is, you know, kind of just game by game getting the the catches and the yards to that's a little bit more dependable. Um, I will, well, you know, uh, 22 touches is, is a great workload, and hopefully Zeke continues to get that. You know, they're paying him so much. I think they're never going to completely phase him out, uh, even if he is averaging 2.5 yards a carry. But, uh, yeah, I do think that, you know, I I think, you know, Zeke was pretty much drafted as a second-round pick and redraft this year, and that's probably a bad pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I will say, you know, he's not going to stop being the goal line back anytime soon. And if the do- offense does pick up as Dak comes back, could give mm-hmm. him a little bit more upside. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely a volume touchdown based role and not a Zeke's going to rip off three 20 plus yard runs anymore. So. Right, right. Yeah. Well, um. all right. Yeah. You got any more? You got a, any more bust for us here? Oh, man, why don't you give us another one here? I mean, we could name a couple of – we could name one or two Rams players for sure that uh, we already mentioned Matt Stafford is a guy that hasn't played out. Uh, You mentioned Elijah Moore earlier. Um, You know, I'll mention him because I don't think he's exceeded 10 fantasy points yet this year. Uh, even with Flacco pay, playing, that was the thing. It's like Garrett Wilson was the guy getting, you know, even Tyler Conklin was getting more work. So um, that's been really surprising. I do expect uh, I do expect him to bounce back to an extent, but I, I don't quite see the same upside I saw preseason. Uh, part of that's Garrett Wilson just being, you know, t- he's caught, yeah. caught on quicker than I expected. We'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And, no, I mean, you know, I think you and I both agreed – you know, Garrett Wilson was a better wide receiver prospect coming out. He was more pro ready than most of the receivers out of this class. And yeah, it kind of spelled, you know, not the end or anything for Elijah Moore, but it definitely, uh, you know, is going to put a damper on him. And I think it has. So that's a good call. I'm going to name somebody that's been a huge, was a huge target of mine that I drafted a lot. And I won't say he's a complete bust, but especially where I had him ranked, he's been a bust. Uh, and it's Michael Pittman. Uh, I had him ranked as the wide receiver seven. Ooh. Um, I'm sorry. It was actually nine. No, wide receiver nine, but still bad. Uh, He's currently wide receiver 26, and he's only had one week where he's finished inside of a top 30 receiver. So it's like that first week he went off. He had a great week. Everything looking great. I look like a genius. And then I've just been boned for four weeks straight. Now he was injured during that. There's one game he didn't play, Mm. but even still three games outside of the top 30, not what I'm hoping for. I thought he would be a lot more consistent. Um, Again, he's not a complete bust wide receiver. 26 is still somebody you're starting every single week for the most part. Um, But I definitely want to see a little bit more out of him. 
Yeah, I think the main concern is like the past two weeks, he's kind of played second fiddle to Alec Pierce. Uh, you know, I, I know he's drawing the you know number one coverage and everything, but uh, you know, the plays that Pierce is making, if you're watching, you know, the games, it's he's not just like catching balls in open space. I mean, he's mossing dudes. So um, yeah, it definitely is a concern, but I think he can still bounce back a little bit and be like a wide receiver too for you this year. Um, uh, talking about Michael Pittman. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly hope so. But yeah, I'm not not sure if that Colts offense is going to produce a wide receiver one like I had him ranked. So a uh, little bit of a disappointment for sure. Yeah. Um, but all right, you got any more names to throw out? Uh, not to harp on it too much, but uh, Darnell Mooney ain't bouncing back for you. Darnell Mooney is. Uh... Yeah, he's toast. Darnell Mooney. And, um, you know, one more name I did have written down. We've talked about a lot, but Pitts. So he's been a bust for a third round pick, man. But, uh, you know, I, I hope he I think he will bounce back. I just <laughs> please happen soon <laughs> and stop being injured, please. But uh, all right, let's move on. Darts it. We will move through these a little bit expediently because we spent a lot of time on those discussions. So mm-hmm. Justin Fields <laughs> versus Washington. So he finally had a good game. Feeling a little bit better about him against a bad defense. Where are you at with him? The uh, one and a half or two. I've met a three, and that's about as high as Justin. That's a five in Justin Fields' uh, language. So uh, that's that's pretty good. I think this is a decent mass matchup. Um, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see. The most disappointing quarterbacks this year may be Fields and Wentz. So they'll battle it out to see who can disappoint their fan bases more. Hey, at least but, uh, Wentz had a hot start. Yeah, that's true. Well, hey, now now Fields is having his 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 hot moment, okay? Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, seventeen points, baby. <laughs> oh boy, uh, AJ Dillon versus the New York Jets. So each week, AJ Dillon has gotten less and less work, and that's in the pass and run game. So is that trend going to continue, or maybe the Packers going to be up so much that they can run Dillon a little bit more? Uh, how are we feeling about AJ Dillon? Uh, I, I think he'll be fine this week. I would put him at you know a three. Uh, I think he's a good flex play. Uh, over under on his rushing yardage this week is, you know, 51 and a half. So, you know, Vegas expects him to get a good bit of running worm. And yeah, he didn't have a great game against the Giants, but the previous game he had 17 carries and 73 yards against the Patriots. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's still going to get plenty of workload to be a flex play. I mean, yeah, it's just like if you're not getting touchdowns or passes, that's six points. I mean, I guess if you have the point one per carry, that's 7.7 points. So, you know, it's still not. Really what you're looking for. I would flex him, but he's really he's really at like a two for me. I mean, I think he will get a touchdown one of these weeks, and this could be this week, but the Jets are looking good, man. And and the the Packers, you know, they couldn't move the ball much against the the Giants, at least in the second half. And uh, you know, we'll see if the the Jets give them as hard of a time. But um I the Jets also have a really explosive offense, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers are playing from behind. So yeah, I'm more I talk myself into it. I'm gonna put him, I'm gonna put him out of one. I'm benching him this week. Oof. Yeah. Let's see how it plays out. Yeah, we're, well, we're all right. What about him. yeah, <laughs> for sure. Call me out if I'm wrong. Uh Devin Singletary versus Kansas City. So I've never really believed in Devin Singletary, but he's kind of started making me believe if I have to. I mean, he's he's getting the most of the workload. Um, how are you feeling about him against Kansas City? Yeah, you know, it should be a shootout. Um, but you know, there's still plenty of room for the running game here. I I think he's a three. You can you can start him pretty uh, safely. I agree. I think he's a solid RB two start. Um, what about Adam Thielen at Miami? 
Miami. So he had a couple of good weeks. He didn't have a good week last week. It's kind of been up and down for him. Are we going to have an up and down, up or down game against? Uh, yeah, uh, I would put him at a four. Okay. No. Yeah, I'll put him at a three. Miami has good um, cornerbacks and is a pretty good defense. But at the same time, you know, I think Thielen just some some games he gets a lot of targets, some games he doesn't. I wish he were a little bit more dependable, but uh, I think he's usually going to be a flex play. Um, what about Brandon Ayuk at Atlanta? Caught a touchdown last week. Uh, I'm going to go with no, only because I expect this game to go how almost every Atlanta Falcons games go, where the opposition is going to get up by a lot early, and then Atlanta is going to scrap their way to fight back at the very end. Uh, but I, I just think this is going to be a game where the 49ers are going to get up early and it's, they're going to rely heavily on the run game after that. So uh, if IU catches one of their early touchdowns, then you're in good shape. But um, I would probably err on the side of caution and try to find someone else to start this week. So I'd put him at like a two. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, my reasoning is a little bit different. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I think it'll be kind of a running game defensive struggle both of these teams are kind of built similarly, uh, heavy around the run game and solid defenses. And I'm saying that about the Atlanta Falcons, but we we actually have had somewhat of a solid defense for most of this year. But um, but yeah, so I, I don't think that Brandon Ayuk is going to be a very huge factor. Um, and last but not least, a guy that we talk about somehow in every single episode, Tyler Conklin, who put up a goose egg. You know, last week he was on the drop list. We said, don't drop him. But I'm sure the people that did drop him are happy after that goose egg. So is it just now that Zach Wilson's back, he's gone, or are we willing to start him against Green Bay? Still, no, I mean, he's still in a he's still a top ten uh, tight end even with that goose egg. Yeah, and you know the Zach Wilson's first game back, he had five targets and you know had over fifty yards receiving. So yeah, I, I don't think Zach Wilson is a death knell for him. So. Um, but he is starting a Green Bay defense that has not been favorable to tight ends this week. So uh, I, you know, he's a tight end with scoring opportunity and he gets plenty of targets. So I'll call it a three, but I'm not as comfortable with him this week as I am most of the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I really like his last name and I want him to be a thing. Um, but it's just I don't I'm I don't know if I'm comfortable starting him. I'm not dropping him. I'm still think in the tight end landscape we're in, he's probably worth the spot on your roster. But uh, I'm trying to I'm going to try to find another tight end to start. So, um, all right, let's move on and get into this buy low, sell high section. So, who is your buy low for this week? Why don't you go first? I've been answering all the questions around here. Okay, look, I try, I just try not to steal the answers. I know my answers are so good. Yeah. Oh um, boy. <laughs> uh, but for me, my buy low is going to be Mr. DeAndre Swift. So I think he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. Um, after that Lions game, I think a lot of people just are icked out by the Lions. You know, they I think did they get shut out? They didn't score a point, did they? Yeah. Think, yeah, they got shut out. So. Um, you know, I think when that, something like that happens, obviously DeAndre Swift wasn't on the field for that to happen. It probably wouldn't have happened if he was on the field. But, um, you know, I think he's a, still a high-end running back. He's still a top-10 running back for me. If he's healthy, he's probably a top-7 running back for me. So I think there's a lot of guys that um, you can 
trade that that uh, you know, especially if the person needs a win this this week because the lines are on bye, and it's been expected that DeAndre Swift will be back after the bye week. So you got to kind of shoulder the load uh, for the bye week. I uh, can't start them this week, but that's honestly most of the time some of the best time to buy these big name prospects, especially coming off of injury. Yeah, and um, you know, kind of following in that same mindset, I will mention Chris Godwin as my buy low. Uh, he's he's really starting to come on for the uh, you know for the Bucks here, and their schedule coming up is really favorable to wide receivers. So um, yeah, he's gotten over twelve points each of the last two weeks, and I expect him to just become more and more. Um, you know, a prominent part of this offense and uh, eventually score a touchdown here. So, uh, yeah, I um, I think it's a good time to go ahead and get in on him before he has his big game. I definitely agree with that. I've been on in on Chris Godwin all season. After he got injured the first game of the season, felt a little less good about it, but now I'm feeling good about it again. So, bye, Chris Godwin. I'm totally in on that. Well, my sell high is a teammate of Chris Godwin, and it is Mr. Leonard Fournette, who is currently – Running back, computing, I believe six, if my memory serves. You can double check that. But uh, yeah, he, he he's in the top seven running backs. Um, and I just, uh, I think that Rashad White's getting more and more work. Uh, Leonard Fournette hasn't been exactly efficient. Um, and, um, you know, it's not that I think that he's going to be bad for the rest of the year. I just don't think he's going to finish as a top six, uh, running back. So if you can sell him somebody off of a huge game that he had last week, um, you know, I think now's the time to do it. And maybe you can get a guy like Swift or I'd even take Mixon, who's currently ranked fairly below him, but has had a lot of opportunities and just hasn't been getting touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I think there's a couple of candidates you could, uh, you could trade and, and, uh, you know, end up on the better side for the rest of the season. Yeah, I I, I can't get behind this. I'm sorry, uh, Fournette. Hey, my last one, my last one you couldn't get behind was James Robinson. And that was the time. I, I still filled. I still think Robinson is good. he'd be another bounce back for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this last game, Fournette had 11 targets and 10 receptions. The previous game, he had seven targets and seven receptions. The game before that, it's six and five. Uh, his, his role as a pass catcher is only growing. So, uh, I mean, as far as the starting role when games are actually in contention, it's not really a contest who's getting the ball. I mean, uh, you know, Rashad White will come in to give Fournette a breather, but it's it's Fournette's backfield. And uh, the fact that he's so heavily used in the receiving game with Tom Brady, um, and he has two receiving touchdowns each of the past two weeks. So, yeah, I I can't I can't ditch out on that now. So you'd rather have him than than um than Swift and and Mixon? Honestly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, we disagree there. And look, I still think he'll probably be you know top twelve RB on the year. Uh, you know, I think the lowest I could fathom him being is you know fifteen. Yeah. But, um. I just think that Rashad White is going to, he's doing more and more each week as well. And I will admit, you know, the pass, the, the 11 pass catches last week um, is, is, uh, you know, quite enticing and it's hard to get rid of, but that's not going to happen every week. And especially as some of these other receivers grow into their health, um, I, I don't think that's going to be the game plan. So, yeah, I mean, you know, fair enough. We'll see how it works out. I don't want to sell them for peanuts. I just think that there's a lot of, uh, not a lot, but there's several candidates that are currently ranked beneath them because of either injury or not as good of performance that I would, uh, I'd rather have for the rest of the year. So that is my guy. So who is your sell high candidate? Fair enough. Uh, you should go ahead and sell high 
on Gabe Davis. Uh, this this is the time. There are some Gabe Davis truthers out there that are feeling quite vindicated after a 30-plus point performance. Uh, but the vast majority of it came off of two big catches, and he hasn't been a huge part of the offense other than that. So, uh, yeah, he's had a very favorable matchup these first several weeks, but it's starting. Well, he was injured. He was injured for a game and was eased back in for one as well. Uh, no, nah, he he was 96% snap share the game after he came back. Uh, from injury so he he played a full workload um yeah and uh the yeah i just by far his best game was this last game i don't foresee it happening you know for the foreseeable future and uh, after the bye week in week seven he has a good matchup in week six you know this week against the chiefs so you might want to hold on to him for one more but after that he's got green bay the jets the vikings uh the browns it's, it's gonna start getting tougher and a lot better corners so um, I think it'd be a good time to sell high on the Gabe Davis. So with the Gabe Davis sell high, I it's like I agree with it in some ways because I definitely think there are guys that I would I would sell that you could sell him for. Um, you know, it's weird. Like in the off season, I feel like Gabe Davis was this really divisive character, and you know, I don't really feel like I like you know everybody was either all in like having him ranked at the top twenty or all out. I was somewhere in the middle. I think I had him somewhere in the thirties. I feel like I didn't really take a stance, but I'm starting to fall more on the pro Gabe Davis side. You know, he's he's on the field just as much as Stefan Diggs, not quite getting the same amount of targets, but still enough to obviously be fantasy viable. And the thing about Gabe Davis, since at least you know the the playoffs last year. He's uh really just been a touchdown machine. And um, you know, that that can carry guys sometimes. Now he's not necessarily touchdown dependent. Uh, you know, these 30 point games, that's kind of usually touchdown dependent for anybody. But uh, but yeah, I I'm starting to buy in on, on him a little bit more. I still don't necessarily disagree with the with the sell high. There's definitely people I would sell him for, but I'm starting to believe in him a little bit more than I once did. Yeah, I'd say I uh, I value him more in best ball. It seems like the games he does go off, he really goes off. Um, but, you know, he has two games with a touchdown uh, this year, and he's done really well in those. His two games without, though, he has uh, 6.7 and 2.3 points. Um, so it's, you know, he I do think he's a little bit touchdown dependent, but, you know, the Bills aren't a bad team to be touchdown dependent on. So, um, yeah. yeah, fair point. Yeah, but I think that was that was a, a good candidate to throw out for sure. So, um, all right, well, let's finish it out like we always do with our starts of the week. As always, we'll go over our starts of the week last week, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, Nate and I here had a bad week. It was so, not a good week. Uh, well, yeah, two of mine hit. I, I'm two. I was two of four, but um, I'll start the first one that didn't hit for me, and it wasn't quite my fault. I won't call this a loss, but it was just injury. Teddy Bridgewater on his very first drive got a concussion and got rolled out for the rest of the game. So he got you a whopping zero points. I do apologize for that one. Obviously can't predict injuries. Uh, but this week I'm going all in, I'm going bold. And, uh, you know, Justin Fields last week finished as a top 15 quarterback. I think he can do that again against the, the Washington commander. So this isn't me saying he's going to finish top five, top six or anything like that, but I think he'll have another good enough week to be, you know, uh, a quarterback to to feel good about starting him in super flex and uh you know he he will be my start of the week this week um obviously 
the rushing upside, you know, gives him a safe floor. And if he starts passing, he completed, I think, 17 passes last game, which is double his average. So if that trend can continue, he'll complete 34 next week. So I can't wait for that. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything, any such thing as a safe floor with Justin Fields right now, but I think it's not a bad start against the Commanders. So uh, that, that's fair. Uh, last week, I gave you a Ryan Tannehill against the commanders uh maybe maybe this is a a hint that you shouldn't do it because it did not work out for me uh the offense completely ran through derrick henry uh last week so not a whole lot for ryan Tannehill there uh this week i'm torn between two guys uh i will go with kirk cousins versus miami uh just because miami has been giving up a lot as far as uh quarterbacks go and just you know passing yardage in general and uh, Kirk Cousins has his full array of weapons. He's looked good so far. He had a really good week this last week. So uh, I think he's a good start this week against Miami. All right. Yeah, I like that. I got no issues with that at all. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins, I think right now he's in the top 12 quarterbacks overall. I think uh, he's having a pretty decent season. So um, yeah. par, par for the course for him. I will say okay. the one concern could be that, you know, if they start blowing out the Skylar Thompson led Miami Dolphins, then, you know, maybe he doesn't get the same amount of volume. So if you're concerned about that, I would start the next guy, which would be Brady. Um, you know, he's playing this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have been terrible against the quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you have Brady, you're probably probably starting him. But I don't know who I would choose between them. It's it, it's close. One thing I will say is if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, that would maybe lend a lend me to maybe sitting cousins, uh, you know, just because that would be way less competitive than mm-hmm. than if he did, and uh, you know, I think that blowout would be more likely. So, uh, but yeah, no, um, I, I like that. That's a good, good, good train of thought there. Um, all right, so for running back, I'll let you start it out just in case I was about to steal your guy. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so last week I. Uh... Unfortunately, gave you Damian Harris versus the Lions, which would have been an absolute killer had he not gotten hurt. But he got hurt, and Ramondre Stevenson in his stead got like 160-plus rushing yards. So, sucks, but injuries happen. Um, This week, Jeff Wilson versus the Falcons. Uh, I kind of mentioned before, I think this is a game where the 49ers are going to get up on the Falcons and try to run the ball and control the clock. Uh, Jeff Wilson has been awesome so far this year. I mean, ever since Elijah Mitchell has gone down, he's been, you know, had a very safe floor. He's had good upside. Um, you know, his, his lowest finish so far is like over 12 points in that span. Uh, and his best is almost 22 points. So he's a fantastic flex piece for you. And I think he could, uh, give you an RB two week or maybe even better this week. Yeah, I like Jeff Wilson a lot there. I think this is definitely a week to fire him up. And honestly, he's he's looked pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've I've been thoroughly impressed uh, by how he's played. And uh, so, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, well, last week I gave you Travis Etienne. Um, he actually did really well, and it was his mm-hmm. best game so far. Uh, I think he scored 16 points or maybe like 15.8 or 9 or something. Um, so yeah, you know, I caught some passes, did very, I think he averaged almost seven yards a carry on the ground. Uh, so I really think the takeover is here. You know, we kind of touched on James Robinson a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, I, I'm sure there'll be games where one does better than the other, but you know, it's been two weeks, albeit two weeks ago, both of them sucked, um, that, uh, that, that ETN has had the better week. So we'll see if that trend continues. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson against Cleveland is going to be my guy this week. 
he went the fuck off last week and uh Ramondre um obviously with Damian Harris out I mean I just think he's probably a top 10 running back play like I think he'll probably finish as a top five or 10 running back that's how good I feel about the start uh, for him so you know if you are zero RB and you ended up with a Ramondre I think you got an RB1 on your squad for this week so really excited about firing him up yeah no I like that quite a bit um, all right. Well, for receivers last week, uh, I double dipped on the Titans and give you Robert Woods versus the commanders. Good matchup. Didn't matter. Derrick Henry got everything. So, uh, double so, yeah. fucked you. Yeah. That's, that's the risk you run. Uh, but I decided to, you know, spread out my portfolio a little bit this week and it's going to be Alec Pierce versus the Jaguars. Uh, it's a good matchup for him. He's, you know, like you said, Matt Ryan keeps singing his praises and, you know, he only keeps increasing, you know, his performance each week so far. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a good week to fire him up if you haven't already and you can feel comfortable putting him in your flex spot. And, uh, you know, he could end up as a wide receiver too this week. I like that one a lot for sure. Uh, I don't think you're, you're gonna, you're gonna miss on that one without injury or something crazy, obviously that always seems to happen with these guys we pick, but uh, so last week at wide receiver, it was probably my best call last week with Chris Godwin versus Atlanta. Um, I think he scored 18 points, uh, and you know, did it without a touchdown. Um, is that right? Uh, um, are you looking at Oh, never mind. Uh, so, so I thought I thought you were looking it up, and that's something I said was wrong, but uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, so for this week. I'm going to try to continue my momentum and I'm going Terry McLaurin at Chicago. So Terry McLaurin's had several weeks of like, you know, he scores between 12 and 16. It's been solid. It's not like you want to bench him. It hasn't been really explosive, but I think this is going to be his first explosive week. Um, You know, Jahan Dotson has been ruled out again. Uh, It's just going to be him and Curtis Samuel. Now last week, uh, Diami Brown did, kind of uh, finally break out and I believe he caught two touchdowns. So I'm expecting at least one of those to go to Terry McLaurin this week. And uh, you know, Carson Wentz is going to have to start depending on Terry McLaurin a little bit more, or, I mean, maybe it's not just Terry McLaurin and maybe it's a little bit of everybody, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's got to pull it together. Cause like I said, the, the Sam Howell bus might be on him uh, if he doesn't, doesn't use his, my opinion, his best weapon. And what most people would say is his best weapon. So Jerry McLaurin is going to write his wrongs at Chicago. No, he hasn't been wrong, but he's going to have his first explosive mm-hmm. game of the season against Chicago. Uh, I, I like that. Um, you know, I, you've definitely been higher on Terry McLaurin, but I think he's due for a good game. And with Dotson out, you know, hopefully he can get in the end zone this week. Uh, so good pick there. Uh, as far as tight ends go last week, I continued my tradition of picking a questionable player only for have th- to have them be declared out. This time it was <laughs> Kyle Pitts versus the Bucks. Uh, to my knowledge, I've picked no questionable players this week. So, you know, (laughs) hopefully that continues. Uh, uh, but, uh, I, this week for tight end tough between two guys, I'm going to go David and Joku, uh, playing against the Patriots, uh, against the tight end. It's been one of the few areas where that defense has been susceptible and, uh, you know, they, they're dynamite against the run. So you could see a little bit more reliance on Njoku in that situation, and uh, I just saw where Njoku over the past three weeks, you know, he got a slow start, uh, much to your chagrin. But, uh, yeah, over the past three weeks, he leads all tight ends with 250 receiving yards. 
Um, and his lowest target uh, amount in that span is six targets. So heavily involved. Jacoby Brissett loves passing to this guy. And, uh, you know, it's a decent matchup, all things considered. So David Njoku versus the Pats. Yeah, no, and Joku is doing a lot of the legwork for my value picks this year. Uh, <laughs> him, him, him and uh, Chris Godwin look like they're turning out all right, but uh, but Baker and Edmonds uh, are not looking as fun right now. So, uh, anyways, yeah, no, I like that call a lot. Uh, and for me, tight end, I alluded to it earlier. It is Mr. Taysom Hill. Look, if Jameis does not play, Taysom Hill is a fucking top three, top four tight end for me this week probably it's like andrews kelsey maybe i'll put goddard and i think hawkins is not even playing so yeah he's probably tied in four for me this week without without Jameis. and honestly even if Jameis plays i wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot more work than prior to him completely saving the team and getting four touchdowns and making play after play and when when good things happen like that every time you touch the ball like the coaches are required to keep giving you the ball. And I don't think, I think that was an anomaly. I don't think he's going to have many four touchdown games, but even if he's just getting first downs when he touched the ball, even if he's just, you know, making positive runs and looking good, which he is right now, um, you know, he's going to continue to get the ball. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I know I'm talking about a tight end right now and I'm talking about how many rushes he's going to get, but this is the world we live in. Taysom Hill, he counts as a tight end officially this year. So start him. And honestly, this might be a continuous thing. We'll we'll have to see. Yeah, like if he was redesignated, I don't know. Like he's definitely not a wide receiver. He's either, honestly he's more of a running back than anything. But and he throw and he does throw some passes too. He's like a. It's like he's caught a pass. He's rushed. He's throwing. <laughs> he's like just a fucking. They should just make him a um like wild card position. <laughs> yeah, like, like he's literally just. You a can Swiss start Army him in any position in fantasy. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, get get people even more mad. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, nah, he he is a tight end, and like you said, he can be a cheat code in that regard. So, um, yeah, he's a guy that's that efficient with his touches is only going to keep getting touches. So, good call. Yeah, and I know he had the explosive week last week, but I think a lot of people, including myself, are a little timid. Like, oh, I missed the explosive week. If Jameis is back, it's not going to happen again. But even I, I will say. I saw a video today. Jameis was back in practice in a non-contact jersey. So, you know, it's looking like he has the opportunity to play. We'll see if it happens. Uh, so, you know, my my expectations are slightly tampered with Jameis back. But again, especially if Jameis is like at any point isn't looking good or, you know, anything like that, Taysom might come in and, uh, you know, take over more of that offense than we expected. So, uh, well, anyways... With that, guys, we close out the episode. We appreciate you listening. Um, And as always, please like, subscribe, comment, and do all the fun things that help us. We appreciate it a lot. Uh, Nate, you got anything to add? The the season is passing us by faster than we know it. So, yeah, enjoy the good football. Hopefully injuries will slow down because the last two weeks have been brutal. Um, But set your lineups. Have fun. We'll see you all next week. Yes, sir. Sounds like a plan. So for that, this is Josiah signing out for Nate. Fantasy Dogs out. (laughs) 